Well, good morning, everybody. Today, I have the honor of starting a new series entitled Freedom Over Strongholds. Freedom Over Strongholds. And there was uh, maybe 10 topics we could choose from. And I was lucky because I got to go first, so I chose first. So I chose heaviness to hope. Heaviness to hope. So the spirit of heaviness, when it comes upon us, it darkens our countenance. Our hearts are downcast. It dims our vision and robs our hope. It brings a heavy, oppressive feeling upon us. It quenches our faith. It steals our love and makes us feel alone. So there was a time in my life when I felt this weight of the spirit of heaviness. I was married uh, prior to be married now. Uh, I was... Uh, a young man, uh, full of energy, and my wife, my ex-wife, she wanted to have kids so badly, but my dad told me, you should wait three years to have kids after you're married, so you can get that dynamic down. So I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm on the three-year schedule because that's what my dad said, and my dad's a very wise man. Except my ex-wife, she really wanted to have kids, and she's like, you know what? We might have a hard time having kids. I'm like, what are you talking about? I see so much people in the store. Go to Long's Drug. There's like a gazillion kids. I was like, don't you just pass your wife, and then boom, she's pregnant. So we decide to, to have uh, a child. So my wife, she gets pregnant. We're very excited about it. She moves from the first trimester to the second trimester. And she has like every book on pregnancy you can imagine. And and at the time, there was no internet, so we had to go to the library, or you actually went to a bookstore. You know, if you're young, they actually had stores where they sold books. It's like weird. It was weird, but they're all gone now. So she moves into the second trimester, and we go to the doctor visit. The doctor's checking her out. I don't hear a heartbeat. You gotta move that hearing thing around, man. It's probably over here. So they do an ultrasound and they find that the baby had passed away. So because she was in the second trimester, she actually, they had to induce labor and she had to deliver that baby. So I am bummed. I am thinking. Okay, God, I must have done something really rotten for this to happen to us. 
the doctor wasn't really nice to us. He pulled us on the side after she had delivered the baby and said, you know, there's a 25% chance of you having a miscarriage. And just because you had a miscarriage doesn't mean you won't have another one. I'm like, what a knucklehead. Why would you tell us that? So we went back to the doctor who said, okay, you know what, wait a month and then you can get pregnant again. So we wait a month and sure enough, my wife gets pregnant. So we're excited. You know, she starts spotting and so they're like, okay, you gotta, you gotta stay in bed because you might lose this baby because of your history. So she's like bedridden. Comes nine months later, our baby is born. We had a baby boy. So you know when, when you're having a baby, we went to the library, got a book, all the baby's names. What are we going to call this baby? From A to Z. So I'm trying to convince her that, okay, if we have a son, we're going to name him Bubba. Because that'll be like prophetic. He'll be like 6'5", about 250 pounds, and like nobody will mess with us. And I, and I told her, okay, if we have a girl, we're going to call her Babette. Because <laughs> she'll be like 4 feet 10 inches and like 300 pounds. And daddy's going to love her forever. <laughs> my wife's like, you're like silly. But no, I'm, that's stuck in my mind. So we have a son, but he has so many birth defects. He has what is called trisomy 13. On the 13th chromosome, he has three chromosomes instead of two. We all have two. So a lot of uh, damage to the internal organs. They say maybe the brain is not formed. He had a cleft lip, a cleft palate, but that was okay we had a child. And my ex-wife always told me, I will never forget the look that you as a doctor had on your face when that baby was delivered. And it was because we were surprised. A cleft lip, you know, it's just like, whoa, what, what's going on here? You know? So our baby was really sick was in the neonatal intensive care unit. We would go there every day, hang out, feed it, and on the 10th day, we got a call from the hospital. You guys have to come, because your baby is gonna pass away. So we go down there, and everybody's holding the baby, and and you can see the baby, the heart rate will be going from about 150 beats per minute. It would slow down to about 45. And then it would perk up again. The baby would open its eyes, look at us. The thing would go again, 150 beats per minute. And slowly, the heart rate would come down. It would come down to about 
45 feet per minute. And then it would happen again, go up again, 150 feet per minute. And my ex-wife decided to tell her, you know what, it's okay. You tried so hard. You struggle. Just yes, it's okay. And I remember watching the heartbeat go from 150 to 45 to 20 and stop. My wife decided to name the baby Matthew. Matthew. After all he had been through, I wasn't alive. We had a funeral, and I remember going with my older brother to pick up the coffin. It was just a little box, and we took it. We had a funeral, and it was the weirdest thing to me to see my name in the obituary. devastated. The spirit of heaviness was heavy upon me. I closed up and it went up to my ex-wife. I was so angry with God. What did I do to deserve it? We went through group counseling and the person in charge told us if a couple has a child that dies, 90% of the chance, 90% of the time, they're going to get divorced. And I don't know, that might be a correct statistic, but I don't know if you want to tell people that, because I had that in my head. Okay, now I'm really a loser. I'm going to get divorced. We used to go to the cemetery at least once a week, hang out for a couple hours. That was our, like our recreation, hang out with our kids. You know, and, and I felt like all my dreams, all my hopes died. I'm not an athlete, but I thought, wow, I, I was thinking I would play baseball with my son. I would play football with him. I would go fishing. And that was all gone. So the doctors, they told my wife, okay, just, just wait a month or two, and then you can try to get pregnant again. So sure enough, with all that practice, boom, she was pregnant. Except this time, they did what they call an amniocentesis, my wife. They do it in about, I don't know, three or four weeks. They test the fluid to see if there's any birth so it comes out, everything's good. But they can also tell the sex of the baby by doing that. So they knew, we knew, we were going to have a girl. So we named her when we found out it was going to be a girl. We named her Hope. Because it was our hope that God would give us a healthy baby. So 13 months after we buried my son, we had a daughter, Hope, and she's right here. 
tell you, it is a privilege. You know, I would worry about everything. If she skins her knee, I would be like, okay, God, take her from me. You know, if she bangs her mouth, God, please, please don't take her from me. And I remember when she was like three or four, she was such a happy baby. She'd be like dancing around the house, singing. And I remember reading the paper. And she said, Dad, I was an angel. So I'm, I'm not listening because I'm like reading the people. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. we're all angels. And I was like, oh, Dad, I was an angel. Like, yeah, 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 we're all angels. Yeah. And she comes up and she hits the paper. She looks me in the eye and she goes, Dad, I was an angel. And I picked you to be my daddy. And I picked Mom. And I don't know if that's how it works. I don't think any of us knows. But is that what happened when Ellis was an angel? And out of all the people in the world, he said, Wait, I want you to be my daddy. And were, were there two angels? That said, Suzanne, he went to God and said, I want Suzanne to be my mama, and I want Carrie to be my dad. You know, if, if you're having a hard time having a baby, I know how you feel. Because I can do What I see in the Bible, God, He does impossible things. Abraham and Sarah doing his bit to Hannah. So don't lose hope. Maybe you have the spirit of heaviness on you this morning. Maybe it's your job. It's just weighing you down and you can't stop thinking about it. No matter if you change jobs, it's always there. Maybe a sickness in your family. A loved one is sick. And it's stealing your hope. And it's making your faith waver. Maybe it's an infirmity that you have. A health issue. That is weighing you down. Maybe it is unforgiveness. You cannot let it go. You are just so angry. Let's open our Bible to Isaiah 61 and see what God says about the spirit of heaviness. Verse 1. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, 
and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of righteousness you know the heaviness wouldn't leave my life I finally got divorced after 10 years of marriage I called it quits I was like a quitter and I'm thinking okay I can't even get that I was so broken but yet in my divorce my ex-wife invited me to church she started going to church because she didn't want if something had happened to her that our daughter Hope would be raised by a heathen so I went to church and I went to church growing up but I never knew that God wanted a relationship with me so because of this relationship I couldn't get enough of reading my Bible because I wanted to know his character I wanted to know his promises and my daughter we sent her to a Christian school but I wasn't paying attention and she helped me so much as a baby Christian that it's not the book of Colossians it's Colossians I did not know that Dad, it's not Philemon, it's my name. And she was like my reference. I would say, oh, what does it say in the Bible that, that, that God cannot lie? Oh, Dad, it's this, this book, this verse, this chapter. I was like, oh, who are the two brothers that was beefing and one went kill the other? Oh, Dad, that's Cain and Abel. And it was only after I came to church and I said, God, you love her even more than I love her. And I'm going to trust you on this one. That that spirit of heaviness left me. God says he gives us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know, I love coming to church. I love hearing a good testimony. I love the stories the pastors share. But I'm the kind of person who says, God, I want to see you move in my life. I want to know that it's like for real. I want to move from my head to my heart where I can keep it. So I feel like God told me to do something. So I enlisted the help of all your kids. So I'm going to call them up. They, they said they would come over here and help Uncle Matt. Kids are the best. They don't know me. I went over there last week. I said, hey, Uncle Matt's taking mom and dad. 
Will you guys help me? I'm like, sure. They're so willing, so I'm, I'm going to call their teacher. Is this okay to use your phone in church? I'm breaking all the rules. Hey, I miss Audrey. Um, are, are you ready to come over with the kids? Is it a good time? Oh, okay. I mean, I mean. Well, I mean, let them, let them finish. Let, let them finish their part, and then yeah, and then come over. Okay. All right. Bye bye. You know, this is the first time that like the Sunday school teachers say, "Take your time." It's like, what are we doing? What's going on? It's like ten o'clock. Stop it. So I asked the kids to come and help me. Because when I read in the in Proverbs that we should train a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't be part from it. I think when we talk about the things of God, if they're ever sad, if the spirit of heaviness, heaviness ever rests on them, they'll know what to do. Because they might remember Remember that crazy time we had in church with Uncle Matt? God is saying, put on the garment of praise. He gives us a garment of praise, but we have to put it on. So I'm going to do something right now. If you could all stand up. It's almost like Matt says. Okay? We're going to do this. It's it's a little different, but I think you're going to like it. So he, he tells us, he gives us the garment of praise. We actually have to pick it up and put it on. So in the spirit, everybody with our right hand, we're going to put on our garment of praise. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't fight it. Okay. Now the left hand. Oh, there it is. It's like a nice grove. So we did the first thing. next thing, we just have to do three things. If we praise God, He will shift the atmosphere in here. Because praise changes everything. And I want to show you that. That's what God says. He will be faithful. We just have to do three things. The first is clap your hands. Okay? That's hope. You guys are like geniuses. You know the book of Habakkuk? It says the power of God is hidden in His hands. And are we not made in the image of God? That God's power is in our hands. That we submit to Him. That we put our hands on people when we pray for them. So when we clap... We're sending shockwaves into the spirit world. We're telling the devil our praise is coming. Watch out. God's people are rising. The second thing we need to do is in 2 Samuel, we read about King David. He's bringing the Ark of the Covenant where God used to dwell into Jerusalem. And the Bible says 
David danced with all his might. And the Hebrew word for dance is only used one time there in the Bible, and it's in 2 Samuel. And it means dancing in a circle. So the second thing we need to do is dance in a circle. Can we do this? Can we do this? Woohoo! Woohoo! That is free. Dancing in a circle. And think about this. When was the last time you did anything with all your might? Come on, kids. 
right up here. Whoa, happy Valentine's Day.
awesome, kids. You guys are awesome. You guys can go sit with mom and dad. Go sit by mom and daddy. Go sit by mom and dad. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You guys are the best. You guys are the best. Thank you. Go sit by mom and dad. If there's any left, I'll take you home. God says that when we bring our praise, we are like trees of righteousness, plantings of the Lord, so that He may be glorified. Oh, that was awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Now, did you guys feel the atmosphere shift? Wherever I go, if I don't like what's in the atmosphere, I bring Jesus and I shift it. Wherever I am, everybody's always happy. We're always laughing. It's crazy. I was eating lunch at my daughter's house about a week ago and she made me a veggie burger fries and dill pickles now I must have eaten over a hundred veggie patties in my life but this one was the best it tasted so good so I'm driving home, I'm thinking, what did she do to make it taste so good? And I felt like God told me she put love in there. And that's why it was the best veggie burger you ever ate. So because of that, I thought of you. I said, God, what can I do? What can I make? show my brothers and sisters since we are a family how much I love them so this is what came to me I make cookies and you know they're purple purple is the color of royalty in God's family and white is the color of purity. When I was making these, when I was decorating them, I thought of you, Ashley. You're coming up on your first wedding anniversary. And what a blessing you are. I thought of you. I saw your face. And I said, I don't remember her name. But you're Jesus' favorite. And I thought of you, Dennis. I ate lunch with a man who played softball with you. And he talked highly of you. And we never talked. And I was like, this must be a good man. I thought of you, Father. And I thought of you, Junior. I didn't know your name to this morning. 
Do you know this man is on our webpage? That's him, right? Every time I look at that page, I'm like, who is this man? I don't see him at church. Why is he on the page? I should be on the page. <laughs> and there you are. I thought of you when I was making these cookies. And I thought of you, sweetheart. And I thought of you, Joey. And I especially thought of you. What's your name? Ricky, I'm mad. I thought of you, brother. Purple. And I thought of you. You reminded me how precious my wife is to me. Oh, and I thought of you, Raymond. I heard good things about your softball playing, too. And I thought of this man. Always so patient with the kids. I see you every week. You send your wife to get everything for you. <laughs> a smart man. I'll hold the baby. Thank you for helping me. I thought of Chino over here as I was making these cookies. There was a couple that came to our church. They live across the street. They said, oh, we saw there's a church, so we thought we'd come because maybe we could make some new friends. We're new here in Hawaii. And they pointed to Chino and his wife, Paul. And they said, I think that's my neighbor. So I came over and I said, Chino, I think your neighbor's over there. And he's like, you know what, I'll go talk to him. And he did. And instead of new friends, they have a new family. I thought of you guys. Number four, Jersey on the 22nd. <laughs> and I thought, how gifted you are with your photography, with your singing. My, my mom sat in front of her the last time I spoke. And she said, I thought there was an angel behind you. So if you want to hear an angel, Sit in front of Debbie Joe. I thought of you, Summer. And I prayed for your husband. For his safety. May God's peace would rest on you. That he would give you strength for the door. And I thought of you, Karen. I thought, I, I, I wonder if when she sees this, she might ask me to make some for her wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and I would, I would in a heartbeat. And sure enough, this morning she said, hey, can you make some? And I was like, I'm in. I'm all in. I thought of you, Richard. And I was praying for you. I was praying for you. You know, I fasted this past week, and, and I don't do that too often. And you don't realize how much you like to eat until you fast. Or how much you eat. How often you eat. And it was crazy. I'm like on the internet looking up recipes. 
It's like, man, I would so make that right now and eat it all if I wasn't fasting. But I prayed over each and every cookie that during this series that your walk with God would be closer. That your conversations would be more intimate. That your love for Him would just abound and you would trust Him. It's Valentine's Day. There's a cookie for everybody back there. If you're diabetic, you probably don't want to eat this. This will probably put you in shock. But I'm sure you know some young kid that you want to crank up a lot. You know, that, that's all I have. Maybe we can just close in a word of prayer.